Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Hello, I'd like to welcome you again today as we go through another study in the book of Exodus. And before we do, let's look to God in prayer. Father, we thank you that you are a God of great revelation. And so, Lord, if you're a God of great revelation, then we are a people of great learning. And today we pray, Lord, that you would help us to learn from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, if you'd like to please follow along here as I read in Exodus chapter 2, starting in verse 11. And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out into his brethren and looked on their burdens. And he spied an Egyptian smiting a Hebrew, one of his brethren. And he looked this way and that way, and when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together and said to him that did the wrong, Wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? And he said, who made thee a prince and a judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me as thou killest the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. Now, in our last study, we saw how Moses had this burning desire within him to not be separate from his Jewish people, but instead to be a part of them, to be with them as he saw them, as it says here with this very important word, he saw them as his brethren, his brethren. And we saw just how great a decision Moses had made when he killed that Egyptian. By killing that Egyptian, Moses had decided that he was refusing once and for all to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, since he knew that God had called him to join himself to his people. And for Moses to refuse to obey God would have been sin. And that's why it's put that way in Hebrews 11.25, that to go with the Egyptian people would have been to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Each one of those words in Hebrews 11.25 represent what Moses realized. When it says, enjoy the pleasures, Moses knew that there was an enjoyment of pleasures in disobeying God. There was an enjoyment of pleasures in remaining to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And Moses decided to say no to each one of those enjoyment of pleasures of sin. And it was called of sin. It was a pleasures of sin. So Moses knew that to disobey God and remain to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter was just simply sin 
in Moses' mind. And then the words for a season, to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, for a season. Moses understood the truth that his lifetime was as short as a season, like a summer, like a winter, like a fall. That he understood that. He understood what God wants us to understand in our lives, that our lives is as short as a season. Moses knew that in that short season of his lifetime, an opportunity was there to make a decision to please God or to please himself. It was just that clear to Moses. So Hebrews 11.25 says that Moses chose to suffer affliction with the people of God, but Moses was ready to deliver the people of God by killing that Egyptian, which meant that Moses would now suffer personally for being labeled a murderer. So Moses not only suffered with the people of God, but Moses was ready to suffer for the people of God in order to deliver them. Why did he kill the Egyptian? Because he wanted to deliver the people of God. So Moses was willing to suffer not only with the people of God, but for the people of God. Those two words, with and for, describe what the Lord Jesus Christ did for us. When it says in Hebrews 2.17 that the Lord Jesus Christ was in all things, it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that means the Lord Jesus Christ suffered with us. But when it says in Isaiah 53.5 that he was wounded for our transgressions, and he was bruised for our iniquities. And in 1 Peter 3.18, for Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. That means the Lord Jesus Christ suffered not only with us, but for us. Just as Moses suffered with and for the people of God, so the Lord Jesus Christ suffered with and for us. That's why the Lord Jesus Christ is such a wonderful friend. That's why we worship him as a great savior and a great friend, because he suffered not only with us, but for us. Now, in what Moses did to that Egyptian who was beating the Hebrew, in how Moses killed that beater of the Hebrew, how Moses buried that beater of the Hebrew in the sand. We see in those acts a foreshadow of what Moses will do to all the Egyptians that oppress the Hebrews because Moses will in the future bring them all to be killed in the Red Sea. And then Moses will see all of them buried in the sand of the Red Sea. Now, Hebrews 2.13, where we are, our text, it says these important words. When he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together. And he said to him that did the wrong, wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? So first thing we see here is that Moses goes out to see how his people are, how his Jewish people are. And what does he see? He sees two Hebrews and they're fighting together. So what comes into his mind? Moses had just killed one of the Egyptian taskmasters. So Moses saw, Moses already saw the taskmasters as the destroyer of the Jewish people. Now Moses was surprised when he came out to find the Jewish people were fighting and they were destroying themselves. This was a surprise for Moses to see. And when Moses went out and saw this, he went into a new mode 
of trying to get the Jewish people from destroying themselves. And when Moses started this work, Moses changed, and Moses became now a non-combative, and a humble, and a gentle, and a reasoning, and a patient teacher, instructor. Now, Moses thought that the Hebrews were enslaved to the Egyptians and that the Egyptians had to be defeated in order for the Hebrews to be set free. And Moses felt that he could do that. Moses felt that he could defeat the Egyptians. But Moses saw that the Hebrews were enslaved to another master. He saw that the Hebrews were enslaved to their own hatred and that the Hebrews needed to be freed from their self-destructive hatred. And Moses could not, he knew he could not defeat that hatred inside the Hebrews. So Moses realized that the ultimate recovery of these fighting Hebrews had to come from within those Hebrews. Those Hebrews had to recover themselves. They had to recover themselves. And Moses realized that to free the Jewish people from the Egyptians, he could do that by force and free the Jewish people from the Egyptians, but free the Jewish people from their own hatred, Moses couldn't do that. Moses was powerless, and all that Moses could do was to become humble and to become gentle and to become the humble, gentle instructor and the humble, gentle teacher to try and lead them. Moses realized that ultimately those Hebrews had to recover themselves from their hatred that they had toward each other. Moses could not recover those Hebrews. Those Hebrews had to recover themselves. Moses saw that in addition to the Hebrews being enslaved to the Egyptians, that the Hebrews were enslaved to their own hatred. So Moses realized he couldn't free the people. Moses realized he could free the people from the Egyptians, but he could not free the people from their own hatred. So Moses realized this, and this was a big realization for Moses that he saw these Hebrews have to come to themselves. These Hebrews have to turn inside. These Hebrews have to recover themselves. He saw all that. And he saw himself as the gentle, as the teacher, as leading the people to repentance. Now, let's freeze that picture in our mind of Moses. Let's freeze the picture of Moses in our minds right there because that picture is a picture of how Moses is an example for us. It's a picture of how Moses is a teacher for us. It's all about that picture. That picture is of Moses seeing the Jewish people as hopelessly enslaved by the Egyptians and Moses setting out with force to deliver his people from their destroyer, the Egyptian taskmasters. But that picture is also of Moses being surprised to find his own people destroying themselves by their own hatred. That picture is also a picture of Moses realizing that although he could free the Hebrews by force from the Egyptians as he had just killed the Egyptian, that's a picture of Moses realizing that he could not 
free the people from the slavery of their own hatred. That picture is of Moses realizing that the people had to recover themselves. That picture is of Moses realizing that all he could do, all he could do is to instruct the people, to teach the people, to lead the people to a place where they would recover themselves. That picture is a picture of Moses changing. That's not the same Moses who killed the Egyptian. Oh no, this Moses is now a Moses who has changed, who has become a non-combative and humble and gentle and reasoning and patient instructor in order to become the best teacher he could, in order to become the best instructor that he could, in order to become the best leader that he could to stop the people from destroying themselves with their own hatred. Now with that picture, with that picture in our mind, we can take Moses out of that picture and put ourselves right into the place that Moses was and it fits and it works for us as we deal with the lost. Because with that same picture of us in the place of Moses, then we see something described. And turn with me, if you would please, to Timothy chapter 2, 24 through 26. 2 Timothy 2, 24 through 26. This says, and the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God, peradventure, will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. Now notice how in verse 26 of this 2 Timothy 2 passage, how in verse 26 it says, the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Like Moses, who saw the Jewish people as hopelessly enslaved by the Egyptian destroyers, we clearly see the lost as hopelessly enslaved by the destroyer, the devil. Notice how in verse 25, it describes the lost as those that oppose themselves. Those that oppose themselves. So like Moses, who was surprised to see his own people destroying themselves, when we bring the gospel to the lost, we're surprised to see the lost as those that oppose themselves with their prejudicial statements like, as a Jewish person, I'd rather go to hell than to believe in Jesus. With those words in verse 25, oppose themselves. Like Moses, who realized that the people could be freed by force from the Egyptians. That could be done for them. But just like Moses, we realize that the enslaver of the lost, the devil, has been defeated for the lost at the cross. He has been defeated at the cross for the benefit of the lost. That has happened. But like Moses, who realized that the Jewish people were enslaved to another destroyer, an internal destroyer of their own hatred, just like Moses, we realize that the lost are enslaved to another destroyer, their own internal destroyer of their own pride and hatred of the Lord Jesus Christ. And like Moses, who realized that he could not free 
the Jewish people from their own internal destroyer of hatred, just like Moses, we realize that although the devil has been destroyed at the cross, we cannot free the lost from their own internal destroyer of their pride and their hatred of the Lord Jesus Christ. And notice in verse 24, 2 Timothy 2, how the verse says, the servant of the Lord must. So like Moses, who realized that if the Jewish people were going to be delivered from their own internal destroyer of hatred, that Moses must change, that Moses must become something, that Moses must change himself into something for the Jewish people. And just like Moses, we realize that if the lost are going to be delivered from their own pride and from their own hatred of the Lord Jesus Christ, we must become something. We must change ourselves into something for the lost. And notice how verses 24 and 25 of 2 Timothy 2 say, the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, and meekness instructing. So like Moses, who realized that if the Jewish people are gonna be delivered from their own internal hatred, then Moses must become this non-combative, humble, gentle, reasoning, patient teacher and instructor and leader of the Jewish people to repentance. And just like Moses, the same for us. We must become that same non-combative, humble, gentle, reasoning, patient teacher, instructor, and leader of the lost to repentance. Now notice those important words when it says in verse 26 of 2 Timothy 2 that we want to see them recover themselves, recover themselves. Like Moses, who realized that he was absolutely helpless Ultimately, Moses was helpless to recover the Jewish people from their own internal destroyer. And so just like Moses, who realized that, the, that the, ultimately the Jewish people had to themselves recover themselves from their own internal destroyer of hatred. And like Moses, who did all he could by becoming that non-combative, humble, gentle, reasoning, patient teacher and instructor and leader of the Jewish people to repentance, but then finally Moses realized that he had to back off and he had to leave the decision to them as to whether or not they would recover themselves from their own hatred. Just like Moses, we realize that we are ultimately absolutely helpless to recover the lost from their own internal hatred and prejudice against the Lord Jesus Christ. And just like Moses, we realize that ultimately the lost themselves, they have to recover themselves from their own internal hatred and prejudice against the Lord Jesus Christ. And just like Moses, we do all we can by becoming that non-combative, humble, gentle, reasoning, patient teacher, instructor, leader of the lost to repentance. But then finally, just like Moses, we have to back off and leave the decision to the lost as to whether or not the lost will recover themselves from their own hatred and prejudice against the Lord Jesus Christ. Now notice in verse 13 of Exodus 2, it says that he said to him that did the wrong. Moses then addressed the one of the Hebrews, and it says he said to him that did the wrong. To see what Moses was thinking when he did this, we have to turn, please, to a very important passage about this very, very portion here of Scripture in Exodus 2. Turn to Acts chapter 7, verse 24 through 26. Acts 7, 24 through 26. 
And there it speaks about or gives a comment about what's happening here in our passage. And it says here, Stephen is saying, and seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him that was oppressed and smote the Egyptian. For he supposed his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them. But they understood not. And the next day he showed himself unto them as they strove and would have set them at one again, saying, Sirs, ye are brethren. Why do you wrong one to another? So we see here an insight, more insight into where Moses was thinking. And we see Moses here as the great man of vision. The great man of vision. Here, he has a great vision for the Jewish people. Moses envisions the Jewish people in a state of unity, in a state of echadness, in a state of being together. And he wants to see in the Jewish people what's spoken of in Psalm 133.1 where it says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. What Moses wanted to see for the people should be our goal, to see brethren dwell together in unity. Moses was trying to bring about a reconciliation among his brethren, and the greatest enemy to reconciliation, the greatest separator is P-R-I-D-E, pride. This is so clearly addressed by the Lord Jesus Christ in what was recorded in Luke 9, 46 through 48. Please turn, Luke 9, 46 through 48, and there we read this. Then there arose a reasoning among them, which of them should be greatest? And Jesus, perceiving the thought of their heart, took a child and set him by him and said unto them, whosoever shall receive this child in my name receiveth me, and whosoever shall receive me receiveth him that sent me. For he that is least among you all, the same shall be great. Now here's the question, and the question was among them, who was the greatest? Who was the greatest? It's always the goal of pride, to be the greatest, to be on the top, to be number one. And you can just see the heads of these disciples there becoming more and more inflated like balloons. And notice how the Lord comes into the group and he just pops those balloons. First of all, when he comes into the group, all talk stops. Such an important issue, he needed to bring it out to the open. And so it says here, and Jesus perceiving the thought of their heart, that's sobering, to realize that the Lord always perceives the thought of the heart. He perceives the thought of the heart because that's the place in the heart where pride germinates and takes root. It's the thoughts of the heart. And he saw those evil, proud thoughts like weeds getting a foothold in the heart and weeds that he needed to dig up. And so what did he do? He takes the weed digger in his hand and goes to work with what he's about to do here to unearth and get out, cast out the weeds of pride. So what does he do? Masterfully, he takes a child. And he takes a child. It says he put the child by him. My guess, he put the child on his right side in the favored position of being at his right hand. And then he said that the child represented him and that whoever received the child in his name, that the person received the Lord Jesus Christ. He said that if a person loves children and a person thinks of himself as small as children do, and thinks of others as bigger than them, 
and those that have more knowledge and more wisdom than they do, as children do, and thinks of himself and thinks of himself as the learner and thinks of others as the teacher and thinks of himself as one who needs to learn, as children do, and thinks of himself as needing help from others, as children do, and thinks of himself as dependent, is ultimately dependent on God, as children do. If a person thinks of himself like that, then he thinks of himself as the least among them, and then the Lord Jesus Christ, he has become the great in God's eyes. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. 